Hey everyone, welcome to Dizza Land, where the possibilities of conversations are endless. I am your host, Scotty Dizza, and in this episode, we I am going to give my review on the new The Lion King with Beyonce and all, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Now, anyone who knows me knows I love The Lion King. I went to go see it when it came out in 94. Um, My mom took me to go see it on Broadway when I was 15 years old. I saw it in 3D when it came out in 3D with one of my good friends. Uh, It came out, like, around my birthday. So, yeah, it was a birthday present. Um, And knowing that Beyonce was going to be in this, I had to see this. Now... Anyone also who knows me knows that I love Beyonce. I love Beyonce, but I'm not like a diehard fan of Beyonce. I'm always willing to defend Beyonce, but I don't give her that idol status. I do understand that she is a human just like everybody else. And she is a great inspiration being that she is a human. However, I think I found out who came first on my list of what things that I love and the Lion King is definitely more important to me than Beyonce I think because Beyonce is a person everybody falls short sometimes so she's not gonna be perfect and the Lion King is perfect I don't care what anybody says I don't care what version comes out I don't care if it's one and a half two I don't care what it is the the original Lion King is perfect so this cgi realistic new version with all of these people donald glover beyonce shout out to my homeboy uh dame uh dame james earl jones um first of all a small thing about james earl jones I live in New York City. One time, me and my homegirls were in a cab, and we were stuck in traffic around 42nd Street, Times Square, and this was around the time he was doing a play. He was coming out of the play, and there was a whole line of outside, you know, waiting for, for people waiting to see the celebrities, the stars, after the mo- after the show. And so my cab ended up pulling up directly you know, still in traffic. So it was like in the middle of the street. Um, and I was in the middle of the cab and James Earl Jones was coming out of the door and he was still standing in the building. So it was like, he was standing in the threshold. So you could see the light from behind him to show that that was him. And like, I was screamed out of every, I was like, Oh my God, there goes James Earl Jones. And just out of nowhere, I was like, I love you, Mufasa. I don't know if he heard me. I hope he heard me. I hope he remembers this. But to me, it seemed like he smiled instantly. So I felt like he heard me. Either way, like this movie has a really big part, chunk of my heart. And I, one of my biggest hangups on watching the movie was Beyonce. Like I love Beyonce also. She's a really close second now that I know. Um, but she can't fuck this up. Like she's not the strongest actress. And I could say that admittedly, she's not the strongest actress. So her being able to convey these lines with her voice just alone is very important. We can't be distracted by what she looks like because that's not important we're looking at a fucking lion here her voice the presence of Nala has to be strong because Nala is the one who convinces Simba to go back to go back and get the fucking uh the pride together and fuck Scar you gotta kill Scar all of these other things people who haven't seen the movie that was also in the first movie so the story is still the same 
Um, but there are going to be spoilers in this episode. So if you haven't seen the second um, version of The Lion King, please feel free to go watch it. If you don't have any interest, feel free to continue um, listening on. So as you know, the movie came out and people have had reviews. And of course, everybody's talking about it, including myself. There is a woman from BuzzFeed. Her name is Jenna. She put up a... um, uh, article asking 17 questions that she has a new uh, has about the the new version of the Lion King and I was gonna go through all 17 questions but I feel like my last episode was really long so I'm gonna try to keep this as short as possible but because it is the Lion King and it is very personal to me I'm not making any promises so let's go into the um the one uh starting with number five who actually fathered the Cubs, being that Mufasa and Simba, I mean Mufasa and Scar are brothers. There are Cubs. Uh, Mufasa was the king. Is Nala and Simba brother and sister? That's a possibility. After all, after all of this time, without her putting Scar into the mix, I always assumed that Nala and Simba were brother and sister. But at the end of the day, that's they don't have the same effects, obviously, of incest that humans do. So let's move on. Um, <laughs> why does it Scar just kill Simba? So I guess she's talking about when he comes back. Like, why, why did he stick the uh, hyenas on him as opposed to trying to kill him himself? And at the end of the day, a significant amount of time has gone past the lion that killed his brother in a wimpy attempt you know a bitch ass move he took a bitch ass move and killing his brother um is he wasn't strong enough to fight Mufasa he's older now so he's not gonna be able to fight a young vibrant lion that's coming back with a vengeance after you've personally killed his father and told everybody and lied to me also like you motherfucker are you crazy i'm gonna kill your ass the next time i see you like you kill you kidding me after i found out all of this he scar knew that he could not fight mufasa i mean simba um why did the hair was it necessary for the hair to be rolling around and poop for 10 minutes um she also admits that it didn't take 10 minutes but from what, uh, so if you saw the movie, there is like a, um, a piece of Simba's mane rolling that got caught up in some poop ends up flying all the way to Rafiki to, um, let him know that he's, that, uh, Simba is still alive. And for those who saw the first movie, the animated version, if I'm not mistaken, there was an indication to Rafiki to let him know that he was alive. It wasn't that, uh, he heard it from one of the animals or anything like that, or it was something that, that was magical that ended up happening to let Rafiki know that Simba was alive and I think the whole hair in the poop thing was that um to give it that natural I guess grown-up feel and not that mystical feel but it does allude to Rafiki having some sort of connection to him and the 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 bloodline for a significant amount of time um because once you know you know it's like a mother a mother knows when when something is wrong with her kid so I guess there's a spiritual connection that he has with Simba to let him know oh what I know this here you know those could send foul DNA and all that other shit so drugs whatever 
um i think that's what it was was rafiki why did the lion why didn't the lioness just kill scar at the end of the day there's a natural order of things right every pride has a male lion you know if it's a successful pride this is the kingdom like this is uh think of it as like game of thrones like at some point granted at the um, Cersei's husband died, king whoever died, there needs to be a king. Just like at the, um, whoever died. Like, in certain monarchies and ways of life, there needs to be a king and a queen. Whether it be their, whether the king is higher than the queen, whether the queen is higher than the king, there still needs to be a king. And I think in nature, you know, with them not having a king, it leaves the pride to be susceptible to other things. You know, he's the king. He's the king of the jungle. Is the lion king. So the pride needed a king. And so who was going to be that king? That's a whole storyline that we would have to explore if the lionesses would have killed Scar without knowing that Simba was actually alive, what would have happened to the pride if they didn't have a king? What kind of elements and enemies would they have could have uh, gone through? Not just with the hyenas, but with any other lion. You get what I'm saying? So that's not what the story is about. We're sticking to the story. So that's why they killed him. Um, why didn't Zazu put Scar in his place when um, or tell everybody the truth about Scar actually being there during the stampede and I think at the end of the day everybody knows their place everybody knows what the consequences are nobody is willing to step out of the line to do the right thing but that's where Nala was pushing Simba to do that's when Nala actually snuck out of the pride and I mean slept, uh, snuck off of the rock and left the pride to search for help and she ended up stumbling upon the very answer that she needed and Nobody else was willing to step outside of what was normal, what was supposed to be done, even though this man was a tyrant. And I think that's where we are now in America and in, in politics, where it's like nobody or people don't want to step out or say things because it's going to def- defame the character of what's supposed to be going on, whether it be the rightful king, you know, because of the bloodline, according to the story, or this man in office because he actually has the title of president. Just because you are the title of president doesn't mean you're exempt from being a racist. You're just a person just like everybody else. And just because you say racist things and people agree that the things that you say aren't racist doesn't mean that they aren't racist. At the end of the day, you are showing off racist tendencies, saying things that are racist, and a spade is a a spade is a spade. But Zazu wasn't one of those um, animals at the top of the food chain to be in the space to tell everybody because then what would have happened to Zazu? There would be no Zazu. And then who would we have for for Simba? So you got to think of all of those things. It's chess, not checkers. Okay, crying. Will I cry every time Mufasa dies? Um, For me, absolutely. 
I will cry every time Mufasa dies for the animated version, not for this particular version. And um, I'll get into that because that goes into what I'm going to be talking about next in later on in the episode. So listen to these messages real quick and then we'll be back for the rest of the episode. Hey, welcome back. Now, this is where the spoilers come in. Now, there were some changes of the original story into this story. Of course, there's a new director. There's going to be different interpretations, things of that nature. And so, um, there are two parts of, or two parts in the animated movie that really, like, you know, brought it, that really brought it home for me. And one of them was, um... Uh, Mufasa's death. Now, Mufasa's death is pivotal to the movie. Everybody knows that. However, it's sad. Like, Mufasa's death is an inevitability for Simba to be king. So I'm not sad at the fact that Mufasa died anymore. Okay? I'll get to that later on in the episode also. But the most saddening part about Mufasa's death surrounding Mufasa's death is the instant loneliness of Simba and in the animated version Simba after Mufasa dies and everything he sees him and um he runs up to runs up to his dead body and he's like somebody anybody like after begging for him to wake up like papa wake up papa wake up and then it like turns into sadness at first it was playful then it turns into sadness and then it's just like somebody help somebody anybody like that anybody was like oh it stabbed me in my heart that's how you knew nobody was there and that little old Simba was not he wasn't sure if he was gonna make it he's now instantly in this world alone that anybody is not in the new movie and so yeah that part of the movie wasn't as big to me because that element of Simba's loneliness was not fair like I felt like they took that out um, they don't do the follow Rafiki, he knows the way. And I think that is in combination with the whole, uh, magical thing where I said earlier that there was some indication to Rafiki that Simba was still alive and they tried, they took away that mystical feel by adding the, uh, the poop to the to the main hair. Um, and follow Rafiki, he knows the way. It's a very comical um, line from the animated version. And I think with this one uh, being the live version, and the whole point of this movie was to be a little bit more grown up. Um, to take away some of the cartoon animated version and you know childlike I think it was a little bit more grown up even though children uh, did see the movie some of them for the first time hopefully not I think parents would not you know do their kids that big of a disservice by not letting introducing the not introducing the Lion King to their child's lives before this moment but um yeah the second thing which was really big to me and it does have to do with Beyonce is the 
return Simba's return back to the pride and his migration with in combination with the spirit song and when I first heard the song independent of the movie because ABC did a, a, a premiere of the song um before the movie came out I knew exactly where the song was going gonna be if it was gonna be in the movie like you you automatically know the spirit of the song no pun intended and it's about having to stand up in your power and your in your in your inevitable strength in whatever it is that you're doing like it's inevitable it's fate and the spirit is going to guide you regardless whether it be the spirit of Jesus Christ if that's what you believe if it's the spirit of the ancestors if that's if that's what you believe if it's um the spirit of somebody else everybody has lost somebody everybody was inspired um by the life of somebody else whether they still are alive or not like they are inspired by somebody else's life in one way or another and I think the the combination of Simba going back to the um to the pride and introducing that song at the same time was really really uh pivotal for the movie and so I feel like even though Simba even though um, Mufasa dies early in the movie of the animated movie, I feel like that was one of the pivotal points of the cartoon figure. And I think that has something to do with the way um, I internalized it at the time. And so now all of this time has gone past and now we have the, the second version, this newer version. I feel like the climax of the movie was actually the return of um of Simba to reclaim the the kingdom and take over the pride and get rid of Simba I mean of Scar so um yeah now why why do I feel like that is the climax of the movie versus then and I think it like I said has to do with my experience and a lot of people are hung up of the differences and you know, how people were hung up over having a black Ariel. At the end of the day, these are fictional stories. And The Lion King is actually a coming-of-age story. It's a story that we've all heard before, as far as Luke Skywalker and um, every other person who are in movies who end up being a hero. They have lost significant people and how that great loss has motivated them to be better, to be great, and really stand in their purpose. And in the midst of watching the animated version to this now new version, that has happened to me. I personally lost my father. And the amount of growth that you end up experiencing after losing a parent is exponential like there's no comparison to anything that you do in life or anything that I've done in my life whether it be goal searching whether it be life mapping vision boarding going to seek counsel and all of those all those other things like those are things that you do to once you realize that there's something that needs to be done or you do that also when you're like soul searching or whatever the case I feel like when a parent dies when your first parent dies there is a 
major growth spurt in your experience in life. You have, well, for me, it was having to get things in order, finding out what my purpose is, really find, uh, being mentally and er mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually aligned to be able to fulfill that purpose and not budging in that purpose, understanding things need to change, the changes that need to be made, the sacrifices that you're going to have to give, all of those things. And I think Simba just like a lot of us, had to really think about the things that he had to do. So granted, in his growing up times with Timon and Pumbaa, everything was cool. He had no worries. But at some point, you have to pick up your bootstraps and do what you have been put on this earth to do. Hakuna Matata only lasts for a little bit of time, but it's important that everybody finds that Hakuna Matata moment in grieving, finding that peace, finding that happiness, what it's like to be happy, because somebody contributed to your happiness, to your normal, every, and then it just switched at the blink of an eye. One moment they're here, the next moment they aren't, and it's like, what am I going to do? Sometimes you need that time to just do nothing and figure it out. Simba decided to figure it out emotionally first. He found his peace emotionally first. And then Nala comes along. Somebody comes along and tells you, all right, motherfucker, like, it's, it's, it's time. You grieving and wallowing and all of your shit, it's time. It's time for you to clean this up and get dressed. You can't stay in the house anymore. You can't stay in this cocoon anymore. Something has to get disrupted. Even butterflies get dis- get disrupted. Things happen to people. Things happen to caterpillars that have them change, physically change, into a whole different species. To a whole different species. Talk about a metamorphosis. You do end up going through a cycle where... You have to shed some things. Things have to get shaken up in order for you to really be able to fly. It's important that everybody goes through that grieving process. And I think that's what Simba was doing during Hakuna Matata. And when he goes back to take that, everything just clicks, clicks, clicks. And there's a pivotal moment, even in families, right? When, when let's just say your father is the head of the household, he's doing all of these things. I feel like whenever a close person in your family or a person in your immediate family dies, like all of the secrets come out. And it's not me judging the secrets, whether it be good or bad, things that they've done that they didn't want you to know, information that you didn't know when your parent was alive because they were keeping it from you for whatever reason. And that's when a lot of peace comes to people as well because they are now provided with more information than they had when when that given person was alive to then see what they were doing in order to help me. Now that they're no longer able to help me, how am I going to help myself? Am I going to help myself now by taking on the things that they were taking on? Am I going to now enroll somebody else to fill that position or do something to contribute to my life? These are things that you had to manage after losing somebody significant in your immediate family. And Nala came and shook the shit out of Simba's life. And it's important that everybody gets that. So... That was basically my review for the movie and how it really grew up 
and how close it is to me, Beyonce included, and how my life has changed. And so now I see the movie do it through a different lens and it still holds very dear to me even despite all of the changes i am going to see it a couple of more times i know people saw black panther a million times and that was the first time it ever came out i saw this a million times and i'm going to go see it a million times more and a million times after that once i have access to it on demand um whether through streaming netflix and whatever the case i'm going to watch the lion king for the rest of my life my children are going to watch the lion king for the rest of their life and they're not even born yet so (laughs) the sentiment is still the same it's just different because my life is now different so everybody has to grow up and I think the Lion King has definitely grown up and it has met me where I needed it to so I hope you feel the same hopefully you're not bitter about all the changes or uh, the fact that it's another Lion King period I hope you're not biased because Beyonce's in it um yeah don't be so harsh on it just receive it as as you would want to be received if you had changed and people had knew you all of the things that you used to do all of the things that all of the things that you used to get into now that you've changed how would you want someone to receive you with the open heart and the open mind so please receive this movie with the open heart and the open mind until next time peace mm-hmm.